This is professional radio, gentlemen. That's front wheel drive. Sorry, have you got anyone you want to thank? Just myself. And now we do the after hours. <laughs> uh, gentlemen, what would you go for? Thanks to your Okay, and because it's not a supercar. It is. It's not. Automotive perfection comes in the form of two letters, A and U. Long live my LTD. Welcome to Car Talk. It's Tuesday night here on 98.9 Northwest FM. It's me, Matty J, in the studio with Mr. Tyrone Cabral online with Mr. Edward Bunting and Mr. David Prince. We are back from Japan, from the land of the rising sun, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, how are we all, Tyrone? We'll start with you. How are you going? Yeah, good. Um, I haven't been on in, a, I think, in a couple of weeks. But, um, yeah, no, everything's been going all right. Um, I can tell you right now, car update is no update. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> But yeah, no, it's no everything's been going all right. Um, it's actually probably due for a service, another four thousand k's or okay. three and a half thousand k's or so, because I got it what three oh five, and it's going to be three fifteen. So oh wow, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Plenty of k's when you're going up and back from uh, from north to east. East, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, every weekend, but yeah, no, it's it's been all right. So. Everything is going all right. What's it? What's it averaging? Mile, like mile wise, like ten liters or? Nah, it's sitting at nine point four. That's actually really good. Yeah, every now and then it gets up to ten. When you know, when yeah, you when you're fanging, yeah, yeah. when you're fanging around, you know, sometimes, sometimes you just need to. Um, but no, nah, it's. I think I I feel like sometimes it's good as well just to get any crap in the exhaust. Yeah. yeah. Out, 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 out the um, out the back, you know. That's so, like the cobwebs, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Now, every now and then, I do, I do do it, but um, depending on the fuel price. Yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, at the moment, the fuel price is just ridiculous. But you know, oh, two twenty seven a liter. I paid today. Yeah, it's just crazy. A little high. Shocking. Yeah, very, very expensive. Um, but. Yeah, actually, that's actually really good mileage for, for, for that. Yeah, car. it's actually not bad. Yeah. yeah, it's actually pretty good. Um, I thought it'd be in the high, probably maybe elevens. Yeah. Or so. Um, but no, it's actually yeah, it's actually not bad. That's awesome. So it's, yeah, it's been pretty good. Very, very good. Alan also joined Singe. by Mr. Mm-hmm. Alan Deep Singh, Mr. Scotty Doe Johnson. How are you, fellas? Good, thank you. How I'm you doing quite well, thank you. We'll get into your car updates before we get into our Japan trip part two. Uh, Alum, what's happening in your world? Um, for the longest time, I've just been driving around the DMX, so the other cars were in need of a bit of love. Um, so I think about a week ago, I grabbed out the battery tender, just put down the STI first. That Its batteries were still okay, but still it's useful giving them a full charge, and I think it does like a little battery recovery thing as well. So you can kind of... Um, I guess, uh, increase the longevity of the battery. So I did that, had the STI ready, and then I decided to move on to the Mazda, and the Mazda expectedly had a completely dead battery. So, you know, I had to get into that, get that on charge, and uh, get it going. And, yeah, gave the STI drive. I was pretty happy with it. Uh, you yeah, know, just took it. I think it took it for about 45-minute drive, uh, which was pretty good. Um, the MX-5 did a little bit of work on as well while I had it out. I... Uh, as you recall, when we changed out the stereo, um, 
the bracketry that came with the server wasn't exactly the best. We had to do some manhandling slash cutting. Um, I decided to actually look up uh, the appropriate uh, AeroPro kit, the fascia kit that was appropriate for the MX-5. Pick one of those up, and it fits really nicely and snugly. So it actually looks like it's you know meant to be part of the car. Good. Um, put any uh, put any screw uh, screw indents uh, screw dents through the through the fascia. <laughs> no, no, luckily not. <laughs> Um, change out the power antenna for a subby one because with the new unit the antenna comes out all the time whereas with the old unit it only came out or the factory unit it only came out when you turn the radio on um, so and the, you've seen those antennas they're very 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 large for the car it looks like a little RC car so mm-hmm. you know I thought I'd get something more appropriate to the size it's a stubby you know about two and a half inches and uh, that's enough in most cases I think so especially especially for that little Mazda. Um, so I did that. Uh, I tried to take out some of the old um, line from the uh, old clutch master cylinder because I've got a brand new brand line that goes. And there are places you just can't get your hands into. So I've got some of it out. I still have like the last remaining part, which I think when I do the clutch or get the clutch done, I'll have to tell whoever's, I guess, got the car on a hoist, got the uh, transmission out. Just say, can you please take those uh, last bit of the remaining line out? Um, and apart from that, took the MX-5 obviously for a drive then. It's driving lovely, especially with the top-down suns out, guns out, uh, except for obviously not, these last not couple today. of days. <laughs> not today. <laughs> not but today. before that, it was nice and sunny, 26 degrees, you know. What a better time to, you know, to have the, the top-down, the wind in my hair, and just having a good old fun time with the, the MX-5. So, yeah, that's about it for me. Um, just happy to be driving the other cars around. Awesome. Scotty? Um, nothing overly awesome, but um, I guess I've finally figured out the headlight issue with the R31. <clears throat> um, it was just the headlight switch or the stalk. Um, that's all it was. He had a look at it, and <clears throat> you can see inside where the contact has kind of overheated and burnt there. He's like, you can clean it. Um, and then it started working again, but they're the exact same looking ones that come on Polestars and everything like that. So I just bought a brand new one for like 35 bucks. Oh, great. Still available. Yeah. Yep. Still available, brand new. So 35 bucks that should come sometime this week. So that's an easy fix. Um, I didn't realize that when you turn the high beams on, on that car, it's got, um, H1s come on as well. I thought I just didn't really take any notice to that other spot. I was too busy looking at where the H4, your main one goes and everything and the high beam. And I had trouble um, getting to the parkers because I had to change those too. And I was having trouble getting to those. I just completely forgot that those ones existed and took out one of the H1s and it's completely broken. Like there's no bulb or anything on it. <laughs> Snapped in pieces. So um, yeah, just a couple of H1s and, and that and should be it i don't think there's anything else on that car that's not working that should be working everything is working hang on hang on so does that mean it's going to have a roadworthy certificate yeah it's just annoying that i'm back at school now so it's hard to work around school hours and things to get that to some place to get the just wait till next school holidays yeah 
It's like in another three weeks. What's the difference? <laughs> <laughs> three weeks. Be another eight weeks or something, won't it? No, so it's, it's a twelve-week term. Oh, oh, ouch, the big one. Mm-hmm. So it's and then you're dealing with like, the Christmas rush. Yeah. Matt, can you? Oh, you're a teacher as well. Uh, <laughs> doesn't work, does it? I was going to say, who can just go to Sunbury and just drop it at the place or something? Well, so, so you obviously took it to the mechanic and they said this is all that it needs now. That's it. It's just that. Well, going off the whole stupid list I got originally. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> and it's not that same mechanic. It's a different place. The funny thing is, that place that was so strict, you know, and they put down, you know, all those stupid things on there. They yeah. didn't even pick up on those high beam headlights. Yeah. The globes on that—that that wasn't written on there. Yeah, that is the danger of taking it somewhere else because they find other stuff. That's <clears> the problem. But I think you couldn't be any more danger than that first mob. They no, just no. Went off charts. <laughs> <laughs> And the amount of things that I've well, yeah. done to this, like it's got to be the most safest car out there now. <laughs> brand new tires, all new brakes, every single suspension bush is all brand new and shocks are all brand new. Can't get any more newer than that. But I've been... What wheels are on it, Scotty? Uh, my aftermarket ones. Oh, so they're okay. They're, yeah, there's no spaces. There's nothing on them. They're just put on. With yep. brand new tires, so there should be no dramas with those. There's nothing illegal about them. Yeah, they fit under the guards fine. There's Easy. no poke or anything like that. So, so Scotty, I'm going to tell you this. I want to tell you this once. Classic Japan is coming up. <laughs> I know. I saw that. Yeah. But I was going to say no. It's not. But it actually is. First Sunday in December. 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 You have got. And mark my words, I will never ask you again about this car ever, and I will never ask you ever, ever again, if it's not there. You've got tell, you've got over, you've almost got two months, okay, to get it on the road. We can do <clears> that. If, that's if the third of December. It's not there. What happens? It's not there. I you, will. You uh, get cut out of car talk forever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! How? My feeling. What will happen, Scotty, is that uh, I will never talk about this 31 on the show ever again. And two, Scotty's golf tip of the week will, will be reduced to a fortnightly event. So, oh. so, so you know, the pressure's on now, Scotty. Pressure's You're going to lose a lot of viewers. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, look, Big risk. It's, uh, I'm, I'm happy to see it so close. We've just got to get it over the line and, and, and get it to Classic Japan because I think it would be really awesome to see it there. Yes, I would love to. I mean, it's been... I've had the thing for like, you know, four or five years. Yeah. So just get a permit and just drive it there that day. That's it. Don't worry about it. Yeah, true. Just a Vic Rose permit. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, Where are you going? Oh, I'm just going to mechanics. <laughs> You're going pretty far. Yeah, yeah. Go good mechanic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good idea. Speaking of R31s, check out this. I know people can't hear it, but. Oh, you finished it. Yeah. That's nice. Awesome. So put together and painted a R31 model. Ooh. Looks really good. And painted it the same color as mine. Yeah. I like. Yeah. In nice. the tone with the gray on the bottom and the white on the top. I'm liking so, it, Scotty. I think that looks that great. on the holidays. Um, found some Hot Wheels cards that I showed in the chat before. We've got a um, Mercedes-Benz 560 SEC AMG. 
Nice. That's tasty. Which is uh, pretty good. <clears throat> um, this one's got David's name written all over it. So that one's for you, David. Thanks, mate. Honda Civic Custom in orange. Indiana orange. Uh, the Mazda 787B. Ooh. I've got one of these, but not in this color. So We saw that in real life. <laughs> yeah. Is the other one you've got the green and orange one? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's got, um, it was like a premium Hot Wheels one. It's got rubber wheels. Oh, nice. Wheels, so. And then I found this Nissan Leaf Nismo edition. Oh. <laughs> which was pretty cool. I was like, what? I've never seen anything like that. So I had to grab that one too. They're all on special at Target, so I think they're like a dollar something each. Really? Yeah. That's cool. Very good. Hold out your hand, Mister. Uh, <clears throat> cheap model. Can't say. Can't say no to that. No. Good deal. I saw um in Adelaide. I saw just recently posted about a big motor fest happening in Adelaide next year. Yeah, I saw that early March. Yeah, that's not the Japan thing. No, no, it's a mo- festival of motorsport. Is that the one, Scotty? Seven. Yeah, yeah. And it looks like they got a picture of the seven eight seven Bs. I saw that. Maybe David, we stay on a little longer. Picture of a Formula One car. So I think it, I think it's a fortnight after uh, when we're there. I think uh, I'd rather be there for the Japan show. I think than than that. Well, Scotty, your thirty one's going to come with us to, to Adelaide for the classic Japan show in or the all, all Japan <clears> in, in in Adelaide as well. So it's it's going to it's going to have to be there for that. Yeah, maybe manual conversion done by then. Ooh. hang on, let's not push it, Scott. I don't want that off the road. <laughs> <laughs> Matty said he's going to come around and do it though, so it's all right. Oh, okay. I said working bee. We're going to do a working bee. Get it done. That's we it. all need a Matty in our life. Oh, oh yeah. He keeps you on your toes. <laughs> and so nice about it at the same time. <laughs> Between uh, he's uh, he's the yin to Ed's yang, is he? Like, uh, yeah, <laughs> you on your toes. I'm just not nice about it. Yeah, <laughs> you got the angel on one side, <laughs> Maddie, and then you've the got the other. <laughs> Get it done. I hate you. <laughs> Give it to me now. <laughs> Uh, love it absolutely love it like, just take a day off work do it yeah kids will still learn they'll be fine you know yeah priorities i think that you need to teach them to follow their dreams scotty mm-hmm. mm. isn't that part of it mm. especially mm. at that age yeah <laughs> i'll tell you why i had a pretty good first day yesterday no <laughs> Got hit and kicked by my student. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, okay. Okay. Yeah, pretty common occurrence these days. What were you trying to make them do that they didn't want to do? Nothing. Oh, no. Um, it just got to the point where they were endangering other students. Oh, strong. Throwing things and trying to hit and attack other students. So that's when I just put myself in line <clears throat> and then I just copped it. They're only in grade one anyway, so it's pleasant. Do you respond with a good old classic backhand? Yeah. I wish. <laughs> <laughs> but no. You just kind of block and kind of Alum, they will never know. Alum, talk will calmly. Know. <laughs> I did get I did get them to calm down and then we had a conversation afterwards. <clears throat> just can't control their emotions. Did it feel like a like a mosquito bite? Because like, they're so small. They're just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> it reminded me like when I was younger and with my younger brother and that, when they start just like laying into you and just like, yeah, hey, go away. And they're like, hitting <laughs> remind me of that. I think some kids can hit hard. Like my, uh, my younger cousin, he, he's been going to Taekwondo from a young age. <laughs> he knows how to throw them kicks. You know, he may only be, you know, a grade three um, these days, even when he was a uh, grade one, he can throw some good kicks occasionally. And that's the point where you say, Ooh, if your parents weren't here. Yeah. <laughs> Give him a little oof, good knuckle sandwich. <laughs> You've got to be careful though when they're when they're that much shorter than you, Scotty, because they can flash out and they can like uh... <clears throat> Yeah, get you in the wrong spot. Absolutely. Especially when they're excited to see you and they come like sprinting up to you. <laughs> Quick turn side on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the famous words of uh, Bobby Hill, that's my purse. I don't know you. Yes, so yes, get, yes. Gonna get out of the way real quick. But anyway, um, good to hear that the 31 is almost there, Scotty. And uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, it gets, gets over the line very, very soon. Yep, yep. Uh, Mr. David Prince, you had a very busy weekend. I did have a very busy weekend. Um, uh, prior to that, since the last time we were on, I was. Um, chauffeured around um, parts of Japan in probably one of the worst um, JDM people movers we've we've ever had the joy of, of experiencing. Um, Mr. Toyota does some wonderful things, but the Toyota Sienta is not one of them. No. Uh, um, but uh, it was it was useful. We carried the four of us in all our gear, so that was the main that was the main uh, focus that it needed to do, and it performed that job admirably. Um, no, but since then I've come came back and I took the scamp for a good thing on Friday when I got back, which was great. And then Saturday we picked up our new car, which was pretty exciting. Um, so we ordered it um, before, well, a couple of weeks, week or so, 10 days or so before we went away. And, um, yeah, delivery was pretty prompt and um, we picked up a new Honda ZRV on Saturday. Replace our CRV, um, platinum, what are they called? Platinum grey metallic. Uh, and yeah, early indications are it's going to be a very pleasant car, I think. Very pleasant drive. A lot nicer than the CRV, do you think? Um, lots of the ZRV is based on the Civic platform. I think I've said that before, but it just shows how good the Civic platform is. I think it's, it's quite a bit lower than the CRV. Um, but you couple that lower center of gravity, I think, with the the better, um, the newer upgraded platform, and the CRV felt perfectly fine while we had it. But stepping out of one into the other, the the CRV does feel a bit ponderous and a bit top heavy in comparison. So, yeah, the ZRV I think will be you know, oh, a, a sportier drive, better handling. Yeah, much much nicer, flatter uh, rides nicely. Really good compromise between um, ride and and turn in and that sort of thing. So. Yeah, Very someone else on the podcast has driven that car, and um, he said all the right things, so that was good. Two liter or the one point five? Uh, one point five turbs. Um, they all the the petrol cars all have the same spec. There is a two liter non turbo hybrid available as well, um, but that was another ten grand, and ten grand buys you a lot of petrol. So that, that, that is, that, that. I'm surprised that it's that expensive. Ten grand, like for especially for yeah. as well, like that. That's a big jump. They have a habit of doing this. I think they 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 bring it out as the sort of um, range topper. Um, they've given it the most convoluted name. I think it's the, I think it's the ZRV VTI LX EHEV. Oh, um, oh yeah. 
Wow, what a mouthful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll say that four times quickly. Um, but that leaves the way open so that they can actually, and they, they've said they will bring the hybrid drivetrain into the lowest spec as available in the lowest spec uh, model. So that's um, somewhere down the track. But look, this one will be fine for the time being. It's rated about, I think, seven litres per 100 Ks, 6.8 or something. So, yeah, it's very nice. It's very nice. Very lucky to have it. Yeah, congratulations. It's awesome. It's a really awesome car. Matthew yeah, was very helpful sorting out a couple of uh, Apple CarPlay issues. Uh, not yeah. not issues, but questions we had. <laughs> Glad to be of service, Mr. Prince. Glad to be of service. Is that wireless Apple CarPlay or do you have to plug it in to That's get it? That's wireless in this. The, the oh. CRV had it and it was you had to plug it in. Yeah. And um, we never really bothered because it had maps and everything in it. But, um, yeah, we can see how this will be far more seamless. And and as Maddie said, one of one of the one of your mates, I think, put, put it in their car and they said it's like being able to see for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, one to, uh, one to go... CarPlay, you won't go back. <laughs> you won't go back. The only thing I don't like is this um, the wireless. It's I don't know. It's really um, endless. Yeah, like <clears throat> with um, with the with the one I got in my car. Obviously, that's an aftermarket. You expect it. To, yeah, okay, maybe a bit shabby yeah. or whatever. But with uh, my fiance's car, it's a brand new car and it's got inbuilt. But even when she goes over a certain spot on the Tala freeway, it always cuts out no matter what. Oh, really? I, I had that same thing in my Forester because yeah. I, I had a, I had a, like a really expensive wireless yeah. Apple CarPlay um, Android Auto um, Pioneer unit and it was great, worked seamlessly. But like in the city, if I went through this place on Collins Street, it just it just just stopped. Yeah. I, was, I was like, and it just completely cut out. So Android yeah. Auto unavailable. I was like, what the? Every time yeah. I drove past, I was like, has to be that spot. So maybe it was getting interference. I don't know, but I don't um, know. But every time I've had a connected wire, wire I, I, I tried it. Then I wired. had it wired, and it was fine. It was fine, but yeah. Maybe maybe it's just interference. Though. Yeah. I find oh, it, Max. The, the, with me, I find it, <laughs> which is really gives me gives me the shits is <laughs> going. Um, so I think the the player that I've got, I think it's the same frequency as the Toltex. Oh. So every time, oh. as soon as as soon as I get near the toll tags, it cut out. As soon as I get past it, it come back on again. <laughs> so every toll I pass, it like cuts out, comes back, cuts out, comes back. <laughs> well, yeah. you, you know what they say, Tyrone? Don't use the tolls. Yeah, I need to do something. Try to, you know, you never heard it here, but you know. <laughs> as long as you don't get charged every time you you go through them again, it, uh, it, it's a double charge, a wireless CarPlay yeah. charge. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta like, I don't know. Put the number play a little bit inside <laughs> of the bumper. <laughs> inside the bumper. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, no, I'm I'm glad it's it's going really well, David. It's a it's a it's a really lovely car. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, Mr. Edward Bunting. Hello. Um, car did he steal the um Falcon from you, Alan? I did buy the Falcon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You stole it, huh? Um, that car. Did have a rough running issue when I test drove it at Alum's house, which of course he disclosed for me. He wasn't trying to disguise it. Um, and then when I picked it up and drove it home, it was sweet as pie the whole way home. And I thought, ah, oh, it's fixed. But then it came back um, <laughs> the next day or so. Um, but it was, it was really weird. It was intermittent. So it would be silky smooth like all Falcons are 
you know, most of the time. And then occasionally it would just blah, blah, blah. And it didn't seem, I couldn't ever pinpoint it. You know, I didn't seem to be when it was hot or when it was cold or when it was above a certain speed or below a certain speed. It just seemed to be random, you know, which um, I went and went to the record album and bought a coil pack thinking, oh, it'll be one of the coil packs and I'll just, I'll just replace them until it fixes it. Anyway, in the end, I, I, um, wanted to take it to Canberra for a weekend to see a mate and come, you know, back again. And I thought that's the perfect car because it's economical, you know, in terms of its um, fuel consumption being the gas and cheap to fill because gas was like 79, 80 cents a litre. I think it's a dollar now, but back then, a few weeks back, it was 79 cents. So I thought, yeah, good, big, comfy car. And at highway speed, when you're not sort of on the throttle and it's not under load too much, it seemed to be better um, and so I kind of tentatively took off for Canberra thinking, is this thing going to, you know, blow up or is it going to be fine? And, um, it was fine. Whole way up. Perfect. Whole way back. Perfect. Um, so I thought, well, whatever this is that's causing the odd rough running, it's not a, it's not a constant issue and seems to be happy at freeway speeds. I figured out. So, so it was the perfect car for that trip. And I think I was saying to Matty J, like, it was so comfortable, so smooth, so good on fuel. You know, it just big fat cruise control buttons that you can find in the dark on the steering wheel. Like, there's a lot of things to like about that car in terms of a highway cruiser, just eating up K's. And I thought that's that's why people bought these. And then I started thinking, what it what are they all buying now? You you can't buy these cars anymore. What are what are people who would have bought a $40,000, $35,000 Falcon. What are they forced into these days? And I thought, well, they're all SUVs. Fuel <laughs> cab utes and SUVs that are, I mean, I suppose something like a Hyundai Santa Fe or a Tucson or maybe something like that that they're forced into. It's it's still a relatively comfortable car, but but that Falcon on its on its sort of fat tires and soft suspension is definitely, you, you can see why people bought them. Yeah. I have an appreciation for them now that I, I didn't have so much when they were new, but now that they're old and cheap, I, I definitely have an appreciation for those. So how good is the um, cruise control edit? It actually stays at the speed. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. Uh, I just I put it on 117, yeah, which was about 113 or something. Yeah. And yeah, it just stays brilliant. there. Yeah. Yep. With, uh, with my fiance's car, the brand new car, yeah, you set it at the speed. It, it cannot keep that speed. Really? Yeah, literally, can I like even if it goes over like a little speed hump, like you know, if you're going up, up, up a little hill, down a little hill, like it'll think like the Falcon, it'll keep it at there. Like if I set it at 100, it'll stay at 100 all the way, yeah, all the way going. Unless it's obviously it's a steep hill, then yeah, yeah. fair enough, it, it's going to change. But with the Kia, even if I go up a little little hill, it just backs off, goes up again, backs off again, goes over the speed, comes down again. What? Yeah. <laughs> That's weird. Yeah, like, that's so much cruise control as cruise approximation. <laughs> Annoying. No, I mean, when we drove our typhoon, like my typhoon to, to Sydney that time, it was, no, it was, it was, it was perfect. Yeah. Like, it was just, it, you know, we, we got out of the car, fresh as, fresh as the days. It didn't feel like it was a tiring experience. It was like, oh, that was easy. You yeah. know, like it's, you felt it, like those cars, and, you know, like I haven't really driven many cars like that, that they can just eat up miles like nothing. Like they just eat it, and it's like, oh, yeah, that's fine. That, mm-hmm. That's it. It's, they're made for, they're made for long distance. They're made for you know cross country. They're made for they're made for that. Exp- that they're made that, for taxis. Right? <laughs> taxis. Um, yeah. You know they're they're made to do that. So um, I'm glad that you've got you finally got an appreciation of the old Falcon, Mister Bunting. I do, I do. The Ford man now. He's a Ford. He is a Ford. Oh. I'm a real, real Ford guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So that's the Falcon. What else? Suzuki Swift, the low mile of 12,500 KR is, I put new tires on that yesterday, I think. And that's gone in for Roadworthy this morning. That's passed. Of course, you would hope that the bloody thing's passed with that mileage on it. Yeah. Um, but the tires were the originals from 07. So I definitely needed to change those. So I preemptively did that. Um, that's getting regoed on Friday morning and then will be for sale. I'm picking up a Honda Jazz maybe tomorrow night. It's 16 Jazz VTIS, done 68 days in blue in an auto. Um, so that will be for sale and really shouldn't need anything. That's had tyres a year ago and just service not that long ago. And, you know, really that should be a just wash photograph and for sale. Um, Honda Civic 74 two-door is a lot better than when – I got it. Uh, thank you to David Prince for a, a new secondhand front bumper bar and some cosmetic enhancements to the wheels, et cetera. Um, that car has developed an oil leak. So I think Tommy, friend of the podcast, is going to have a, a delve into why it's pissing out oil. It's not horrendous. Like I got home from Japan and looked under it and went, yeah, there's a bit of a puddle, but it's not. I've seen worse, you know, it wasn't, wasn't catastrophic and it still had plenty of oil in it. So it's a light hemorrhage. It's a light hemorrhage. Yeah. It's a light hemorrhage. You're not going to bleed it out and die from it, but <laughs> so that's the, that's the 74 Shivik. Uh, but it's also, you know, coming back from Japan, it's the start of service month. So we know how big that can be. I started with the scan. Okay. Oh, <laughs> okay, gave the scamp an oil change. I didn't bother changing the filter because the oil was changed a year ago. And I overfilled it with oil, which I didn't sort of realize at the start. And I was driving it back down to the peninsula where I keep it. And it was smoking a bit on the freeway. And that car has never smoked. Um, not when it's cold, not when it's hot, like never, never, never. And I thought, shit, what's, did I spill oil and it's on the exhaust and it's hot and it's smoking? That was my initial thought. But then I thought, no, I was really careful. I didn't do that. So when I let it sit for a while, when I got it down there, I, I checked the oil level again and it was enough above the full mark to make me go, all right, you've overfilled it. You're an idiot. Um, so I'll just have to pop that up on the ramps and or, or not even on the ramps. You can do it, do it on the ground and um, just drain out about maybe half a litre or a litre sort of thing. Uh Till get back to gets back to Mr. Honda's recommended level, and then I'm sure that will be fine. You know, that's um, that's all that was. What else have we done? Uh, I changed the oil in the MX5. I'm driving that at the moment. That's going in for new tires tomorrow. The tires on that, <laughs> what's that? finally on that car. I know the tires on that were not new when I bought it in 2011, and it's now 2023, and they've got plenty of tread on them. They're they're just not very new. So I've ummed an art. I thought I'd find some at the wrecker. I've looked around being the tight ass that I am on eBay and here and there and everywhere. And I don't want to put an awful Chinese tire on that car. I think it deserves something with a, a smidgen of grip. So I've settled on a Bridgestone that's getting fitted tomorrow lunchtime. And yeah, they're not the world's sportiest, most expensive tire, but they're certainly not an $80 Chinese special. So they're Kind of oh. middle of the road, and I don't drive. It's it. a big difference. They're probably really hard those tires now. Oh yeah, mine are rock hard. Having said that, I drove it today in the pissing rain to work and back, and I don't mm -hmm. spin like it still grips. So I think it's got Bridgestone Potenzas on it at the moment, and they, by and large, they've been very good. But but you know, if I want an equivalent thing now, they're probably two hundred bucks a tire, two hundred fifty, and I'm not spending that. So 
So it's getting Bridgestones tomorrow. Anyway, what else? I changed the oil and filter in the mini as well. Um, and that's got a cartridge style filter that's a pain in the ass and they're often prone to leaking, but touch wood, that didn't leak. I actually did it right. So tick that box, done. Now that's desperate for tires too. <laughs> I'm arming and ahhing. They're, they're a 10 inch tire, same as the scamp. It's actually got the exact same tire on it as the scamp. Um, David was worried about those scamp tires, but the mini ones are a lot older than that. So <laughs> it's kind of like, eh. You can still buy those, but they're $140 something each uh, from a specialist. And I'm like, yeah, I don't really want to spend that much for a 10 inch tire. So I don't know what to do there, whether I look for something else or whether I put a set of mini light wheels on it that already have good tires on it. If I found the right set for sale somewhere, um, I'm kind of, if something fell in front of me. I'd think about it for that. What else? Uh, I think that's it. I don't think there's any other, that, that's enough, isn't it? That's enough car shit going on, you know, more than most people. Very good. I think it sounds more like not uh, service month. It sounds more like tire month for you. Yeah. It's a little bit tireish. Um, it's just those weird sizes. Like the, the MX-5 is 1856014, which is not mega common. And the well, is, we'll like, <laughs> so you don't you just you don't find those at the wrecker every every no. week. You no, know? they're kind of and the ten inch tires. You, I mean, you you got to go specialist for that stuff. You you you, you won't find that at the wrecker. Link yeah. uh, link heads. Ooh, Ed, I can get you some. Um... Oh, what do you got? One eighty one eighty five sixty fourteens, um, yeah. and they're seventy bucks a piece. Oh, not bad. What are they? Bing bong. <laughs> yeah. So I want. I sort of want to. I want a tyranium X five that can go around a corner. You know. I mean, what's to say the Chinese don't make good tires? Huh? <laughs> it's not like we've got some of them. Okay. Yeah, I went Chinese tires on the Swift because I'm selling it and it's a Swift auto. Like you, you know, I sort of yeah, went with us on that, but on the MX, I thought, oh, you're keeping it. You kind of want something a bit reasonable. You definitely do. I was uh, just messing with you. I would never put far uh, roads or anything of that nature on. No. Did you look at Kumos at all? Did Kumos have anything in that size? Um, I think there is one in that size. I'm I'm okay with a Kumo. I sort of said, look, Dunlop, Kumo, Bridgestone, Michelin, and Pirelli, anything in that ilk that's not crazy money. Um, and these Bridgestones, he said, look, I can do these at 140 each, I think. And I'm like, yeah, all right. You know, <laughs> I think sometimes I've just got to stop being tight ass and spend some money on my car. Yeah. <laughs> and rule number one, never pay full price. Mm. I'm still getting a deal on them. They normally they retail at 175 each. So, yeah, getting a deal, but yeah, whatever. So that's happening. What about you, Maddie? What about uh, you? Maddie? Not a lot. I went and saw Mr. David Prince yesterday to pick up some specialist tools for the scamp. Uh, oh, the special tools, good. Pretty much there. Um, so, Mum dropped them off this morning on her way to work. So, yeah, that should be pretty much ready to go. Hopefully, Friday, if not Monday. Steering. Has he done the steering? Apparently he's looked at it. I don't know. I said, I haven't been there. I'm going to try to get there at some point this week and have a, have a good chat to him and let him um, uh, say to me, quit busting my chops. Let me do my job. Um, so <laughs> I will uh, I will go there then. Yeah, that's been pretty much it on my end. Gave the, to, drove the Fiesta, well, Friday, when I got picked, Seth picked me up in the Fiesta on Friday. Drove it Saturday, drove it Sunday, and gave it a nice wash. And yeah, 
you know, been enjoying that. But that's pretty much it on my end, gentlemen. Now, tonight's topic is Japan, Car Talk in Japan, part two. So this is so we discussed our kind of first few days in Japan, and then we we had a bit of a break because we, on the show because we wanted to enjoy our holiday. And I was just going through my photo reels of of basically all the stuff that we did, and we did a lot in two weeks. So Alan, you've been to Japan. Did you did you go further than Tokyo, or did you stay Tokyo when you were there? Uh, no, in that trip I only went to Tokyo. In my future trip, I hope to go to Osaka and Kyoto. Yeah, cool. Um, so we we well we did we did venture those ways. I think you guys were only in Osaka just just for just for the train stop. But I went there for Universal Studios. That was, that was a bit of fun. Um, but we we all went to Kyoto, and, and I think that's the one city that that I think David that's your favorite city in Japan, right? I'm, I'm assuming it's it's just it it's, is, yeah. it's just magical. It's like it's a really lovely place. Um, so yeah, really really cool place. Got to see where Nintendo began. Uh, which was which was pretty the actual place. David took me there as as part of my surprise birthday birthday gift, which was which was pretty pretty amazing. And then Steph proceeded to tell me that, oh geez, now you're going to be able to cheat in all the Mario games because you because you know uh, you you've you've been you've been to the source. Um, <laughs> so so but it's no, actually now a now a hotel. So I mean we you need to stay there next time you go. Absolutely, that's that's definitely going to happen. Didn't they? I think you you were leaving. And they had something with, was it Nintendo or was it a track that had, no, it was a track I think that had Mario Karts on it and you drive on it and it was an actual Mario Kart track in Japan. Oh. I think you were leaving and it was, it came up, yeah, you were leaving and it came up at that time. Oh, next and like, time. <laughs> yeah, you actually drive and it's got all like, you know, the, um, the shells and the stuff. shells and the obstacle and the, the, split with the, the banana peel and all that everywhere. That's actually really cool. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, we kind of did. So on our on our last time, we'll we'll get to that recap a bit about the the karting experience. But we did we did we did in Japan. We'll get we'll get to that kind of last. But um, basically, guys. So so where we left off, we were we just got to Kyoto, I believe, when when we when we left off on our on our on our last podcast. But um, we did a lot of rural stuff. We did we did a we did a few of you know like um you know, different areas. And um, one thing that kept coming up was just the amount of K cars that are everywhere. Um, they just kind of work over there. And I think Ed, I think you and I we were saying that they just work there. Like that makes sense. You know, it's just a, it's just a real. It, you know, they, they don't take a lot, a lot of space, and they're practical. They're, they're well thought out. They're well packaged. Um, and for most people, a K is kind of all they need. Yeah, it's funny how. Um, and I noticed the same thing when I was in France last year. There's no dual cab utes. Like you sort of think Australia, big country, a lot of building projects. You know. A lot of tradies, whatever, they need these dual cab utes. And so the Rangers and the Hiluxes, you know, two top selling cars in Australia, there's none of them in Japan, like literally none. And so you think, but they still all eat and they still all build things and live and have apartment blocks and do renovations and make a garden and all the shit that goes on in any country, they do it all and probably more of it because there's millions more people there. And they do it all using these vehicles that are nothing like what we have in Australia. Um, and in France, it was a, probably an in-between. It's, okay, it's not K-cars, but it was little vans, like you're holding combo vans and you're, you're in Berlingo vans. You know, that was the, the staple over there for the tradies. You know, none of them drove dual cab utes. Um, and so it's just this mentality of what's possible with a certain vehicle. And it's the same with 
with housing, we were talking about design, I think at one point and saying, you know, their limit on space has made them, has forced them to be smart with design with space in, in a house you know, or an apartment. And it's done the same with cars. You know, that K car rule has forced them to package really intelligently um, into those little vans and those little carry trucks and things. And I think we're saying that the tray on a carry truck, you know, it's perfectly square. It's actually a bigger tray or a more useful tray than a, than a dual cab Hilux is, you know, in terms of its height and, its, and the actual dimensions of it. So, yeah, it's just, um, it's funny to see these, th- these things we think we need here in terms of space in a house or space in a car or what constitutes a big enough area to have a garden, you know, it's just thrown out the window when you go to Japan. It's like, no, no, the, the world yeah, goes. Rethink it, rethink it. Rethink it. Yeah, exactly. So that that was great to see. And um, yeah, it gives you a whole new appreciation for what's what's possible with a space and what's possible with a car. Like we sat back in the showroom, went to a Honda showroom at one point, sat in the back of the Honda N box, which is the passenger version or the more passenger friendly version of the Honda N van. And, you know, you open the twin sliding doors and you sit in the back of that and it's like miles of legroom. Now, granted, it's only a four seater, not a five seater with, with those seats in it. They're, they're reasonably wide, but um, so comfortable. And you're sitting up high and you're looking out and you're thinking, this is great. Like this, what a vehicle, you know, what, what wouldn't you like about traveling around the back of that thing? I know um, Edward and I'm glad you guys are sitting down for this. He was like, he's like, Oh, this would be something I'd be interested in. Like an in van. Like, and, and I was like, wait, you'd buy, you'd buy an imported car. Cause he's, he's all about, it's gotta be Aussie delivered. It's gotta be I know, I know, I know. Well, the, the, the thing that changed that a little bit for me was when you go there and you see the biggest thing I didn't like about imports or still don't like about a lot of imports is you don't know where they've been and what they've done because a, they're always secondhand and they're always being brought in by dodgy little operators who change speedos, no service history, lost books. You don't know where it's lived and, and what it's done. And, you know, I like the history on a car more than anything. So for me, there was a lot of unknowns about it and, you know, you would bring them over and there'd be, weird ass Japanese characters on the dash. You don't know what the warning light means and blah, 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 blah. Um, so a few things have changed in that realm. Number one, if you go over and order a new K car, well, hey, presto, it's your new K car. Or if it's done 8,000 Ks and you find out where it's been and who owned it and whatever, well, there's there's that history box ticked. Then you go, um, the, the, the you know, the import laws have changed, as we know. So you can bring these things in when they're new or near new, where you couldn't before you know they were always a few years old and personal imports and one here and one there and um so the fact i could go over choose an n-van or an inbox or whatever order it in the color i want have it delivered in japan chuck it on a ship and bring it to australia you know legally i can do that register it here that's far more appealing to me than some sort of backyard import that i don't know what it is um and there's companies here that now specialize in sort of australianizing these cars so you know, the infotainment systems and the warning lights and everything sort of get Australianized rather than having that. So it, it's kind of, you know, a lot of that, a lot of those question marks get debunked. Um, so, yeah, when we did some basic pricing conversions, an in-van base model was something like 12 or 13 grand Aussie on the road there, which you add about five to get it here and rego it and whatever it, and someone's already compliance one here. So that's okay. You don't have to be the guinea pig for that. And you're sort of looking at sub 20 grand for a brand new little K van. Now, what are you 
buy in Australia that can do that? Nothing. Um, and is that new and that reliable and that well packaged? And there's there's nothing like it. And so you start thinking, well, if I lived in Richmond and I had a little narrow laneway in a garage and I needed to do this, this, and this, and for 20 grand, I can have something cool like that. And the number of accessories they've got, and we, we all grab brochures on them, the number of accessories, like there was a, a little camper conversion one where you can lie it all down and, and, you know, a single person can sleep in this thing. And it's got factory block out blinds that you clip into the windows to, you know, make it into a little camper. And it's got a desk on one of them that you can raise and sit there and do your computer work if you're away. And like just mind boggling accessories, and you think this is really smart and it's not 50 grand. This is, you know, between 18 and 30 grand is what you're talking like. And now this starts to make sense. Um, so, yeah, that's what I liked about the whole the whole sort of, you know, um, idea or the, the fantasy of bringing in an, an N van or a K van of some sort. Like they just make sense. And, you know, they're yeah. everywhere on the road and people are fine driving them and they fit their small little roads and their small yeah. little car parks and, you know, yep. they just work. Yeah, like that. So when we left you guys, uh, to all our listeners and, and Scotty, who was, was on the last episode, we were in Kyoto. And, and like I think it was that night we were walking through and we see a um, a C5 Corvette, of all things, which was, <laughs> which was, which was quite funny. Um, just thought I'd give that a mention because they do like their American stuff there, which is which is quite surprising. Um, the, well, they like them in G-Wagons, but there was like yeah. old, you know, old um, Chevy Malibu, um, station wagons and and you know C5 Corvettes and 57 Chevys that were they were rusting out in a barn or in the middle of nowhere. Sorry, uh, so you know they they do like their American stuff, but um, should have gone off with the guy something. Should have, <laughs> but yeah. But we were basically you know we're having a little bit of different cars and and, and they've got a, they've got a lot of different cars there. So like obviously they had a few they had a few old classic Range Rovers which they glutton for punishment, but. Um, <laughs> So Kyoto was like it was a lot. I, th- I thought it was a lot slower than, um, you know, like Tokyo and and Osaka and Yokohama when you we went there and and all those other you know full on cities. And it felt it felt better for it. Like it felt more it felt more Japan. Uh, and when when we were going through like some of the um you know like the the gardens and and near the shrines and temples, David, um, you know, like the, the little cars that would just be parked on the side were they had little Kate little k trucks that were they were filled you know with all the tools and they and they and they, they looked like they belonged there and they didn't look like they didn't look like a small car in japan they actually looked they actually no, that's the, that's the overriding thing isn't it that the you, you the, the perception of size seemed to alter because there's so many of them and you know like over there a, a jazz or a, a which is a fit in japan or a toyota yaris or something like that that's a medium-sized car um you know there's a whole class underneath it that takes up a huge number of spaces. Yeah, correct. I, I thought that was really, really cool to see, and 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 all all the all the differences there. But um, in Kyoto, basically, um, we got many crown comforts as, as taxis and and uh, and uh, all, all the like there. But um, I really like to see just 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 what what was hiding in the next street. You know, what was hiding in the next spot. What was hiding in you know in the different in different parts of of you know of of the of of you know that that area and quite often they're not like they don't mind suvs either so like there's a few rough fours and plenty of yaris crosses and 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 stuff that size but but that's pretty much as big as they kind of go they don't they don't really go 300 land series land cruiser like 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 they they did exist i saw a couple there but they weren't 
um, they weren't all over the shop, you know. So, so the, so that was quite refreshing to see. Someone's doing a burnout outside, by the way. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm guessing so, they're not in a cave van. Um, you do need to move on to Hiroshima, though, Matthew. Something pretty ups, special happened. Yes, absolutely. So we went to uh, Hiroshima, and basically, obviously, I, I went to you know, uh, I wanted to 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 witness. The, where my laser originated from is Japanese heritage. Basically, it is the land of the rising Mazda. Uh, so basically, they are where where Mazdas are made. Um, I really liked um, Hiroshima. I thought it was a really cool city. Um, it it was it had, it felt the most like Melbourne out, out of any of the cities. I, I thought. I don't know if you, you guys felt the same. The same. It had trams and um, had nightlife and had a bit of this, bit of that. But it felt very Melbourne, very Melbourne like. Um, but we went to the Mazda factory. Now, I didn't expect to see as many Mazda things as I did in 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 um, Hiroshima. Basically, you know, there's Mazda Hospital. There's the um the the, the they got Zoom Zoom written virtually everywhere. And we did the with the the Mazda the Mazda tour. So that that took us through um, their museum as well as through the uh, through on the production line, which which was which was pretty damn cool. So, what was your thoughts on that? I mean, for a free exhibition and for a free, you know, uh, for for a free, you know, uh, experience, it was phenomenal. Like I, I couldn't believe it was like a two-hour experience and it was free. Yep. So, like the, the, they shuttled us to to the to, to one of the locations and where we went on the on the production line and, um, you know, just, just well, not on the production, but we're looking above it, seeing the people work. How how efficient the people were there. Yeah, I mean, you, you wouldn't see that with with Bob and and. Um... Well, I was I was talking to someone about that today, and I said, yeah, we we did the factory tour of Mazda. Well, you only get to see a little bit of the factory, but, and I said the guy that was directly below, you know, he was probably twenty something years old, and he was just running, you know, he was grabbing a jum jum jum, and he was on an MX five, then he was on a CX three, then he's on something else, like just literally running. And I thought afterwards, yeah. I don't reckon the whole factory's like that. I reckon I reckon they've put Mr. Speedy. It's like, okay, the public are going to be viewing something. We want to think Mazda are bloody good. We're going to put him under the public um, station. They're not going to choose, you know, Rocco, who's been there 40 years and is <laughs> a little lazy. They're not going to put him under the under the nose of the public. So I think you know, it, I'm, I'm willing to bet there's probably not someone called Rocco there. Probably not. Probably not. I did think that partly I think partly I think that the culture is, you know, you they they work very hard. But also there's probably an element of that kid was was maybe the best he was of on them. fire. Yeah, they might have put him there deliberately, I think. What I thought was really interesting in that part of the factory too is like right next to the uh, the um that elevated walkway along the production line, you look out the windows and you can see the harbour and you can see the boats where they're, they're loaded onto. You can also see the multi-storey car parks and uh, there's just a constant stream of brand-new cars hooking up into this car park. Yeah. Um, and I think he was, I think the, the, the guide was saying that that's where the, um, the Japanese uh, cars go um, rather than onto the boat. So they're all stored undercover until they're moved off to the to distributed around Japan. Um, but then the air, yeah, there, there was three or four gigantic, you know, or um, um, cargo ships that, that are designed for cars, you know, roll on, roll off, that just had a stream of cars driving up. It was really interesting to sort of see the whole, mm. the end line of that. And it's just going all the time, obviously. I mean, they're churning them out. 
I'm just going to add to that, David. They were hammering the crap out of those new cars uh, <laughs> through the car park. So, like, you know, when they say dealer Ks, they're bloody hard dealer Ks from yeah. us. <laughs> yeah, when your car arrives and it's done seven or eight Ks, it's, um, yeah, it's been Not a decent eight K. <laughs> and, you know, no one's ever sat in it. And it's like, okay, probably 15 people have had their bum in that seat before you get to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, 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 look, that, that, that whole tour was was pretty amazing. Like I I thoroughly enjoy that. The guy the guy was uh, you know explaining everything in English and you know there was a gift shop obviously. But you uh, didn't study Japan. Sorry. You didn't study Japanese. Did he study? No, you didn't study Japanese. No, I didn't study. <laughs> I, I studied Japanese. About... We started on Google Translate a bit. Google Translate. <laughs> yeah, that was a godsend. Oh, um, it, was the, it was the best thing ever. Um. So, so then that that was the the, the museum, Mazi museum and factory tour. Like that, if you can get to Japan to do that, it's definitely worth it. It was bloody awesome. Um, then we went from there. So, so that was we had some plenty of time that evening. So we, we went to a Honda dealership and we went to a Toyota dealership. That's um, right. I got a picture of David in front of the Honda in front of the Honda dealership, which I have to, I have to send to him. Um, <laughs> and I haven't seen that one yet. Yeah, they'll have to send that to you. Um, but basically, they've got um, you know all, all their all their kind of the, the current kind of range of k's um so so, the, so that was really really good to see the people were there were, were, were really accommodating really lovely they gave us some they gave us some hot wheels to say thanks for coming essentially and then we went to toyota and then they gave us two velfires um, <laughs> um so i don't know they probably felt sorry for us because they're like our oh, foreigners we'll give, them, we'll give them something so uh but yeah that was pretty cool they had a surprisingly old mark three supra at the front of the toyota dealership i'd say probably one of one of the text cards that he's He's fixing up at some point. Um, but another thing I wanted to say that we didn't see that many older cars, like like pretty probably like they're 10, 15 years old max in Japan. Uh, unless it's like, you know, unless it's you know really kind of kind of what you want to see. But um so so we went there and then after that we went to a um a, went to a little tire shop that was upstairs was a um was a uh like a, like a like a like a super cheap auto on steroids. I forgot what the place was called, David Owen. Autobucks. Autobucks, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And and Autobucks, it's kind of like, like I said, um, or like you said, uh, super cheap on steroids. It's just got yep. ev- everything <laughs> everywhere. Um, so so that, that was pretty cool. Um, we did get to we did get to go to an up garage later on, which 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 was which was pretty cool. And some of the parts are just so cheap, like Jiminy parts for fifteen dollars. Like it's just like yeah, you know, like like full bumper bars that are like brand new, fifteen bucks. Because I guess everybody puts bull bars and you know toughens them up um so then we went to uh we went to miyajima i believe after that uh which was, yeah that was the next day after the after uh, master yeah uh had a look on, on that little island which, which which was really really nice um then we went to kanazawa i believe that's that's that, great. that was the next stop and then from kanazawa we we took a train and then a cab ride to the Motocar Museum of Japan. My- yeah, I thought it was important you guys see that because unless you see it, it's hard to take in what's there and uh, explain it to people and they just look at you, oh, yeah, right, right. But it literally is out in the sticks. It's quite literally in the middle of nowhere. It was three levels of just utter automotive pornography. Like it was just, there was just, you know, it was everything there. Like they had all the different decades, 
Um, they had some. They had something there for everybody, and it wasn't just Japanese cars. Like they had American stuff, European stuff. Like they they had Australian stuff. Believe it or not, but I'll, I'll get to that in a second. Um, <laughs> but the, it, it was just unbelievable. Like when you're at the top level, looking down, and you just see levels and levels of cars. Like they had easily, I think it was five, over 500 cars in inside this building, um, which was which was pretty nuts. It was um, pretty bloody amazing. Uh, owned by an old concrete mogul that that had a collection of cars, and then um, people have obviously added to it and 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 gone from there. But um, David, was that, that's the second time you've been there, right? It was, yeah, yeah. And um, what did you think of it this time around? Well, having you know, I, I had the, the insight to actually know what to expect. So, um, but there, were, one of the things they did have, which was, I thought was pretty cool, was this. It, it actually, that was the day after the. We, the day we were there was the day after the 75th anniversary of Honda. So they did have a big Honda display with um, a lot of uh, older cars and newer cars and, and like the versions of cars that um, the modern sort of incarnation, like they had a um, a beat next to a, a Honda beat park next to an S660. Um, they had a, um, they had an early life step van next to an inbox and things like that. And of course they had a, a scan next to it or an N360 next to an N1. So dream spec N1, yeah. Um so yeah, that, that was pretty cool. That was a special display just for the month of September and October, I think, um, for the 75th anniversary. But uh be yeah, plenty of cars that I've had never seen before. Um, I went there and things like the they had a Skyline Sport from I think sixty to three, I think, or four. So this is pre-print Skyline. This was the original Skyline, basically, um, which was styled by Micheletti, I think, um, Italian designer. And uh yeah, that was a pretty awesome looking thing. You would never pick it as a skyline, but that was the that was the start of the of the, the line. They had like they had a whole skyline section really, and that was that was pretty that was pretty cool to see. But they also had, you know, like they, they had like your eighties pop up headlights all together, and they had, you know, your K's on, on like little. So it wasn't just levels of cars, right? Like on these levels, they had like you know like little mezzanines on each other levels. Yes, yeah, all K's, you know, circled right through. So it was just it was just utter utter madness. Two thousand GTs. You know, um, they had they just had a bit of it, a bit, a bit of everything. You know, gull wings and and you name it, they had it. It was just um, it was pretty bloody amazing. So, um, yeah, that for me was like we we were there for hours. I like I checked in the hours. My God, we were here for a long time. Um, so that was pretty pretty bloody special. But I was there. and the road pacer. We can't forget the road pacer. So the Aussie stuff. So the Kingswood, which is known as the road pacer in uh, in Japan, with a, with a, they had a holding Kingswood with a rotary engine, and and I was like, oh, I had to get, I had to get, I got a few photos there, which which I'll probably put up on Instagram at, at some point. Um, but they were just. It's for those just going to home. It's actually, it was based on the Prem, good old Premier. Prem, yeah. Not the Kingswood, yeah, yeah. Dual headlights, top of the range. Mate. Top, of the range. Yeah, yeah. top of the range, luxury, luxury. But by the time we put a 12A rotary engine in it, it wasn't quite the flagship master was hoping for. It didn't sell particularly well. No, it, it didn't sell particularly well. And it wasn't very, how would you say, uh, swift to move. No. <laughs> it was a very heavy car in um, in basically a, uh, how, would you, how would you explain it? A very, uh, very big package that didn't yes. really sit down their road. It, it didn't really work, let's, let's say, hence the reason why it didn't really sell. 
Exactly. So, so yeah, so in Kanazawa, then we went to um, obviously the, the Motor Museum of Japan, unbelievable establishment, like just, just stuff everywhere. Um, would it's definitely one of those places you need to go. So, Scotty, when you go to Japan, you need, you need to go there as a car guy. It's really, really important to see. Um, before we continue, we're also joined by Mr. Reno Rob. How are you, Reno Rob? Yeah, hey, good. Nice to meet you all. How you going? Good. <laughs> good, to have you good to have you back on the show. Ready for the ready for the quiz? Yep. Yeah. Um, after that, we we went. Well, we obviously made it back, and then then we decided to go a bit more rural. Um, so we went. Uh, I forgot the name of the, the the place we went, David. What was the place we what was it called? Mashiko was the little place where we stayed in the homestay, so we could access Motegi. Correct. So we went to Motegi. Was so I could sleep on a tatami mat. Yeah, it was that too. Yeah. <laughs> so we started a little homestay. I realised I will sleep in any capsules. Yeah, we did oh, yeah. On, 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 the, on the last night. Um, <laughs> but the I realised quickly my Westerner frame didn't really fit in some of the doors. I had to really duck through the doorways uh, <laughs> at the homestay, which which was which was quite fun um, and funny at the same time. But but uh, she was lady the lady we stayed with, and she made us she made us a uh, her version of a Western breakfast, which was. Which was, yep. which was which which was quite funny, but but yeah, it was, it was, did it have rice on that still? Uh, we option- no, no, actually, option of rice or bread. So we oh. chose the bread, <laughs> which was brilliant, actually. It was nice bread, yeah. Actually, really good bread, yeah, fresh bread. Um, so before we went to Motegi, we had a look around the place, and and uh, and we we found some like they're known for their pot, their like ceramics and pottery, and and we had a look at a few little. Little junk shops and and uh, and treasure chests kind of things, and when we found we found a- very expensive. That one was, yeah, that one. We found an antique store that had all these old model cars, so, and we all were like, "Oh, that's cool, that's cool." I wanted to buy about three or four. It was a Nissan Irvan camper that I really wanted. That was cool, eighty five bucks Aussie equivalent, and I'm just like, no, nah. twenty, ten, fifteen. Yeah, I'm on board. Yeah, eighty five. Nah. But on that night, we found some really, really cool cars that were just abandoned in a field. And and you know, there was a there's a I said a fifty seven Chev W one two four Mercedes, a few uh, Toyota Crowns. There was a Fair Lady Z three hundred ZX you know Z thirty two. There was a BMW E nine. There was which is like a very expensive car. Like there, there was they had stuff just sitting there randomly, old Land Cruisers and and stuff. So so cars are out there. Like you know like obviously in various states of disrepair, but they, they are out there still. And, and we saw some S 13s and some, you know, some, some RX eights and, and all, and all sorts of, you know, it's kind of when the JDM stuff really came out to play was, was when, when we're in the countryside and a guy pulled up next to us in a, um, when we were at a seven 11, uh, in a really nice Toyota Sora one JZ twin turbo manual. And, and I heard him take off and it was like, Oh, that, that, that did sound good. So, so the, the more, um, the more, you know, kind of older slash JDM legendy slash, you know, stuff that you'd expect to see in Japan really came out to play in the, in the more rural areas, which, which kind of surprised me because I didn't really see that many, you know, of the inverted commas hero cars throughout the cities that were just full of k's and 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 japan taxis so what was your take on on seeing all those cars out there guys what, what, was that quite uh quite different to what you were expecting or were you expecting something like that anyway i certainly like when you say abandoned in a field i mean they were next to a workshop and the workshop was closed <laughs> so there's probably some element of uh I, I think that that whole thing with car guys is that oh yeah it's i'm, I'm going to restore that you know i'm going to get you know that's the next project and never quite getting around to it i think that that's fairly universal the world over. So, um, 
you know, I think most car guys are in uh, in good company. But yeah, I mean, as you say, out in the countryside, there's more space and there's more room, so it allows for more opportunity for cars to be um, um, rather than abandoned. Let's we'll say it's mothballed, mothballed until until another time when they can be uh, finished off. But yeah, it's. Um, Wherever you, you wherever you do drive around the countryside, you'll see a little old workshop, and, and there'll be a couple of cars, anything from a couple to you know like ten or a dozen or so that were were parked at that one, but all of them were pretty good. And we've got to say too that that's the advantage of actually hiring a car. Don't be put off by hiring a car in Japan. The driving's really easy. Um, everyone's very considerate, and yeah, you, you just have the independence to stop when you want to, and and um, you see a lot of things from the train. But of course, you'll never get back to them. The trains go so fast that you you can't actually work out where they were. But yeah, getting a car and um, hiring from one of the big rental companies, all the sat navs can be done in English, and and yeah, it's it's really uh, really the best way to get around, especially once you're outside the cities. Especially if you were David and you're being chauffeured in the back of the car. Exactly. Exactly. And the man from the from the rental agency had this wonderful little like mm-hmm. keyring sized apparatus where he would go and it goes, Do you need the eat tag? And then oh. I would talk back and press the button and then it converts it straight away into Japanese. Amazing. So it was this whole conversation about picking up the rental car done perfectly just via this little translady voice thing. Wow. It was very, very cool. cool. Very naughty day fiance, as I, as I mentioned. Yeah, yeah, which I haven't seen, but when Matt explained it, I'm like, oh, yeah, I get it. Okay. Um, very but, then we, but then we went to one of David's favorite places in the world, Mategi. The home of Honda. Home of Honda, really. Um, David, fill us in about Mategi. Okay, so Mategi is, uh, I have no idea how many acres it is, but it's it encompasses the, the Twin Rim racetrack. It's a huge tract of land owned by Honda. Um, part of the car, give you an idea of how big it is, part of the car park at the, near the south gate is doubles as a runway, so you can land a plane in the car park. Um, that gives you some idea how big it is. They were getting ready for the Moto, the round of the Moto GP bike race the following weekend. There's a um, there's an extensive uh, driver training area. There's a couple of like um, camping areas. There's kids adventure parks. There's a go kart track. Um, there's uh, and of course there's the the purpose built Honda Collection Hall, which is Honda's museum in um, in Japan. Um, which is basically like a, a fan-shaped building with uh, two wings uh, either side of the central uh, atrium area, and each of the wings is sort of three levels. There's the ground floor, uh, which is called the first floor in Japan. The second floor, uh, one side is road cars and road bikes, and the third floor uh, is, is racing cars and racing bikes. So just a, just a mouth-watering selection of, of everything they've produced over the years. Obviously, lots more bikes fit in than cars, given the, the size of them. Um, but my goodness, if you're into motorbikes, it's it's got to be the holy grail of places to go. They didn't just have Hondas there. They had Yamahas there as well, which was, yep. which was yep. really interesting. Yep. They, they had a whole bunch of other, other, other bikes there. But if you're into bikes, you've definitely got to go there. But even if you're into cars, you've got to go there because uh, old Formula One cars, old, you know, old... They, they had they had a bit of everything there, like you know they had, they had their first Formula One car there, which was which was pretty special. And 
Um, you know, like the, they had Senna's, uh, one of Senna's, you know, Marlborough cars there. Uh, they had Nigel Mansell's car there. They had plenty of history. Uh, and obviously Honda's big on, um, you know, on, on racing. Um, so, so, so that, that whole place was, was, was pretty bloody epic. They had uh, Jack Brabham's uh, car from the 60s with a Brabham Honda badge on the nose of it when Honda were actually supplying him engines for, for his uh, his cars. Yeah. Um, that was that was fascinating to see that as, as an Aussie and um, see that um, I've had it explained previously to me the way that he was revered in Japan as not only a brilliant racing car driver and, and an incredible engineer, but as one of the Western one of the few Western people that sort of after the war really helped put Japan on the map again as, a, as an industrial power and as a, um, uh, as a, as a world player again, because in, in the areas of motorsport, Jack Brabham really made a difference to Japanese cars getting back out there again. And, and he was yeah, held in huge, hugely uh, high esteem by the Japanese. That was heartening to see. Yeah. I like the history too, you know, of um, Suichiro Honda, you know, where he came from and what he studied and how he sort of became an engineer. And there was one of the things I read said he, he'd he gone and done something initially but then went back to like engineering school or something later and he was much older than the other comparative students. You know, they might have been 18, 19 and he was 27 or something like something like that. So he, he sort of started, even though his interest in cars was early on, he did other stuff first and then kind of, ended up, you know, making cars much later in life. And um, I just thought he, he, it really came across from that. He was incredibly driven, um, <laughs> no pun intended, but very, um, yeah, very driven man um, in terms of I want to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to change this, you know, and that shined through in in um, the products that came out of under his reign were just so... Yeah, started humbly, but progressed very quickly, as we've said before on this podcast. But yeah, it takes takes a unique individual to, you know, come up with that stuff and make it work, and then worldwide make it work. And yeah, that was interesting. Then we also saw a uh, a couple getting married with their NSX. The <laughs> yeah, that was cute. Outside, yeah. yeah, saw that. That looked cool. That was. That was cool. <laughs> I had to have a good giggle to myself about that. Hmm. Um, but yeah, definitely a place you've got to go to. Imagine it. that discussion. So I was thinking we'd take the NSX to the Honda Collection Hall and we'd have the photos. <laughs> Get some photos there. Right. Um, I love yeah. it. She might be totally on board with that. It might have been her NSX. It might have been it? her idea and her exactly. NSX. And he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> I guess if, if, if I was. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was pretty damn cool. Anyway, after that, we went back to Tokyo that night, um, and then basically we drove go karts through Japan, through Sh- Shibuya Crossing, through, th- it, it, and that was a pretty bloody eye-opening experience. Like there's there's all cars and trucks and and buses and taxis all near us and on, we're in the same lanes as them, and um, so that was a pretty fun experience. Like, was there someone like to lead you? you yeah. Should, yeah the- yeah, so, so someone was leading us and um and you know trying to make us not get murdered or driven over. Yeah, were you freaking out like with all the cars and that around you or well I mean not really. Like I mean I got ahead of your head would be a side of, what, up to the tires. <laughs> <'Cause> that <laughs> <Yeah. low. laughs> 
Um, I mean, I probably hit about 60Ks per hour at one point. And as far as I was like, I'll, I'll give it a hit here. But uh, for the most part, you're doing under 40Ks an hour because like, you know, you're getting traffic lights and, and, and Tokyo, in the heart of Tokyo is a really busy city. So... So, so that was that was kind of cool. I, I wasn't sure how David and Ed were gonna were gonna think about that, but they actually really had a good time. Um, and and they're oh, like they're like, yeah. sure. I love that crap. <laughs> um, so, because because uh, you know it's it's a pretty crazy thing to do. Like, you ask most Japanese people, and and they'd say they say you're insane for doing it. Because yeah, like, we got that a few times, didn't we? <laughs> we did. You're doing what? Yeah, no. <laughs> Yeah, the dog. Oh, no, that was great. As I said to David, because we were sort of next to each other at the back a bit, and I said, um, I said, I didn't think you could get any more dangerous than a moak. And this is this, this is more dangerous. This yeah. is worse than a moak. You you sort of lower down, but it's it was a similar feeling. So I'm like, oh, I like this. Yeah, this is good. So it would have been second nature for Ed. For me, definitely not. Um, but I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought I thought that was a cool way to end the trip. Before our before we headed back on the next day, which we went for the last time to the um the Honda Welcome Center, where where David teed up a a meeting, and and that was that was pretty that was a pretty awesome experience, David. Yeah, that was brilliant. We got a very nice email from her the other night too. We we had a meeting with the um, the vice president of the corporate promotions department at Honda Japan. So uh, we waved a bit of we waved the club flag and um, we had a 50th anniversary uh, event a couple of years ago. So I took some of the um, the um, the souvenir you know, magazine that we put together and stuff. And um, Ed was was um, teasing me for weeks before saying, "Of course, they're just going to chuck them in the bin." You know, I didn't say know. they would. I said <laughs> I can imagine them being really graceful and saying, "Thank you so much for coming. How wonderful to see you." And then, and then chucking them in the bin. As soon as David leaves, bring the skip. <laughs> <laughs> well, I still don't know whether that's right. We don't know. How would you ever know? Well, she sent me a lovely email the other night saying how lovely it was to meet us all and how thrilled she was to see that. The- Look, when she turns <laughs> up with the Honda Car Club gearbox, then I'll then, take I'll, then you'll pay attention. Fair <laughs> enough. Take yeah. my words back. We'll see what we can do. Um, but yeah, they the, go. They go a few lovely trinkets to take home as well. Um, plenty of stuff for the club, which was which was great. That, that we met we met a, one of the lead one of the lead designers and um, yeah, it was just it, that was a bloody awesome experience, David. So I just wanted to thank you for, for for having us on board for that. That was really cool. No, you're welcome. It was it was a great way to finish the trip. And uh, yeah, the the designer fellow um, Matsu, who uh, I've met a few times on previous trips. Um, when I've been up for the anniversary of the S cars and the like, he's a real character. And uh, he he'd, he'd actually, he's retired a couple of years ago. And so I didn't actually email him directly about it. I emailed his assistant from the last time I was up there to say we were coming up and, you know, could we, could we have a meeting? And the assistant actually passed my email on to him and he emailed me straight back and said, you know, yes, of course, you know, I'll leave it to me. I'll organize everything, you know, and he did. It was great. And, Got a few great little stories from him from you know back in the day when when Soichiro was alive. He he was actually in motorbike design, um, and he was responsible for the XR series trail bikes and stuff. And um, yeah, he had some really interesting little snippets of of info about Mister Honda and how working with him went, which was he was a bit of a badass. I'm guessing reading between the lines. Yeah, uh, lots of colourful language was used. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Look, all in all, phenomenal trip. Do it. Go to Japan. I want to go back already. And like, like it it got to the point where where we're waiting for the waiting for the plane. I was like, 
kind of want to go. Like I, like I was, I was thoroughly enjoying it. And I know Ed and, and yourself and so so Tom would agree. But like, like I mean, we did so much in those two weeks. Like, like, like we 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 really scratched the surface on 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 the podcast, but it was just an epic 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 time so thanks for the trip guys you know we're gonna to have to take the scamps for a pilgrimage one day but that that's mm-hmm. that's the next thing that's i've been talking thing. about that to a few people <clears throat> when are you moving there maddie uh 2025 20, 20, uh this rate so <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, gentlemen, it is now time for the car quiz. Uh, you know, the rules. Oh, Rob, pay attention. Fan questions. There's four what? of us that, are, that are no, haven't been there. What did we oh, do? Well, I'll have been there, but. What did we do on day three at 2.45 p.m. On the, uh, uh, in Japan? No, no, there's, there's nothing. Looking at a car. <laughs> there's nothing like that. Look, um, so, Renner, Rob, you ready for the quiz? Scotty, Alum, uh, David Prince, and Tyrone, and Mr. Edward Bunting are all in today's hot seat for. Um... Renner Rob. No, I said Renner Rob. He was the first one. Oh, sorry, sorry. All right. Question one. This is the car talk car quiz. Ten questions plus some bonus questions. What famous performance car was sold in June this year after years after it finished production? Oh. This was in Australia. Sold brand new. Oh. I heard about the ten years, the... Or ten years or so after after production finished. Ooh. Yeah, they sold the last one or something. Yeah. They find it out right. of pre-car. They just sitting in it. A... I can't remember. I can't remember, but I did hear about it at the time. Well, the story goes it was a dealer's car, um, yeah. and the dealer principal owned it, but to get it registered because they had to change it over to a new scheme or something to, to make it legally being able to be registered in Australia. They had to, they had to say it technically got sold, but it they had to retail it. Yeah. Yeah. Still. Mm. Um, so what car is it gentlemen? Can't remember. Out. Ed's out. Uh, David's out. How long yep. are you in? Uh, anyone else? Give me a go. No, I'm out. Tyrone. What was it? A sports car? A very famous performance car. A performance car. It is, I mean, technically, you could say a sports car or, or supercar kind of thing. Mm. It was sold here in Australia? It was sold here, yeah. Lexus LFA. Unbelievably bunting, you got that correct. They sold... Oh, oh. oh. oh just sort of half came to me. Wow. Yeah, it, it, oh. it, got, it got released on, on in some, some of the some <clears throat> uh, news broadcasts. They're like, they're like, this just slipped under everyone's radar, a brand new LFA sold in June. <laughs> Um, bonus question. So, Edward, you, you, you get the first point. Um, bonus question. How many Aussie-delivered LFAs were there? Including Ed. Ed. Ten. Mate, you're on fire. That's, that is correct. <laughs> <laughs> they sold it. I, when you were banging on about these in Japan, I must have somehow oh, some it. I was going to say 12. I feel like there's some kind of collusion going on in Japan. <laughs> if David gets the next couple, we know it's guaranteed. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Rob. Questions, right. Question two. Oh, um, Edward Bunting, score check. You're on two, everyone else is on zero, just, just, just so you know. All right, um, get on with it, mate. <laughs> Subaru have recently released a high-riding version of the WRX wagon. What is it called? That's a trick question. So you've got a Subaru, Rob, to WRX wagon. Maybe it is. Answer. What's your answer? Because it was the Lavorg, wasn't it? But it's the a high riding. It's a high riding version oh, of that. Hybrid. No, high riding. No, it's a high riding. David. David. Oh. Is it the WRX Sports Wagon? Incorrect. 
Is it a route back? Incorrect. <laughs> it's not a Rex back either, if, if that's what you're going to say. Back. An outrex? Outrex. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Alan, you're Subaru guy. Let, let, let's. Uh... You sure you should know this? I don't know. Should I? The Forex star? Forex star. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it should have been. Yeah. Forex, forex star. Forex extinguisher. Forex star. You guys all out? All, all, all yeah, over? I'm sure. It's called the Subaru Layback. I don't know why they would call it that. The, the layback. 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 Can I put on layback? You put on layback? Possibly. Possibly. It's like Lavorg. They're fucked Who's doing the names? Lavorg is such a shit name. Sorry. Someone needs to chat to Fuji Heavy. We should have gone to Fuji Heavy Industries. Fuji Heavy Industries. And had a chat to the naming department going, listen, Lavorg, not great. Layback, no good. Layback, even worse. Just go back to what you used to do and go like L series. No one can be offended by that. No, 100%. And forget with the women's names like Leone. No good. No good. <laughs> a Subaru Deidre. Deidre. <laughs> yeah. Shocking. Uh, question three. Holden sold 100 cars in Sri Lanka in the 1970s. What cars did they sell in Sri Lanka in the 1970s? David. David. Um, did they sell HQ Kingswoods? Incorrect. Ed. Ed. Did they sell Tiranas? Incorrect. Oh. Alan. Did they sell Barinas? Incorrect. It didn't exist in the 70s, Barinas. No, no, I'm taking a guess here. <laughs> I wasn't alive in the 70s, sir. David's uh, closest to. David's actually closest yeah, to. Like, I think I know. I think I know where I'm Kingswood, yeah. Yeah. Can I take a guess, Rob? I can't think of one. Take a stab at it. In the 70s. In the 70s, an old Holden. Captiva. Captiva? No one's as bad as Barina. Scott. Did someone say Tirana? The Tirana. Um, so the, what was that, Scotty? Monaro's. Incorrect. Uh, I don't know. Rob says Commodore. Incorrect. It, it went all the way from the 70s and it sold right up until the end of the uh, Holden, Holden's life here in Australia. In Sri Lanka. That, no, that, that nameplate that that was there, but like in, in Australia, saw Astra incorrect. I think that's everybody. I think everybody's had a guess. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, David, uh, David. That was the statesman. It was the statesman, correct? But uh-huh. I, you guessed. Uh-huh. Right. I already lost. Yeah, I lost that. Yeah. It was the statesman. That's correct. They sold a hundred states statesmen in the seventies. Question four: All of the Holder Monaro reboot back in the two two thousand. So when they the new Monaro that they brought back, good looking car. It's a car we all can can agree we kind of like. Hmm. Which country received the most Monaro chassis? Ed. Ed. USA. That is absolutely correct, Edward. They received 31,000 of them as Pontiac GTOs. Bonus question. How many did they sell in Australia? Monaro chassis cars. So this includes the HSVs and and Monaro CV. Ed. Ed. Oh, is this closest to? I'll give closest to. I'll, 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 I'll allow that. All right. I'm going to go 25,000. 25K. Um, Renault Rob. Uh, oh. Hang on a second. Da- David Actually, says, no, that's a lot, 25. Can I revise my guess? Here David, says, David says 10. Uh, Renault Rob. 12. 12? Good. Yeah, actually, it's 12 or 12,000. 12, 12,000. Uh, yeah, good. 12, <laughs> 
Tyrone. That was very popular. Um, I'm going to say 15. 15. Um, Scotty? I was going to say 18,000. 18. And Alam Deep Singh? 13,000. 13,000. They sold 12,000 of them. Oh, wow. 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 Yeah, but he said 12. Yes. Here's their 12,000. That's all. I confirmed the thousand. It's very good. I said 25. I'm wild. No way. Um, question five. Um, BMW, Honda, and Ford have formed an unlikely partnership regarding what? David. David. Self-driving cars? It's got to do with that, but I can't give you that. I can't give you the the, the point. Oh, no, no, come on, come on. Uh, point, oh. I'll give you point five. I'll give you point five. Okay, Alan. Oh. I'm on the it's stop. Something about, right, that's good. something about uh, charging cars in EVs and stuff. And I'll give you the other point five because you're both a bit off, but basically. They've, they've created a new company called Charge Space, designed to connect owners of US-based EVs together with car makers and electricity utility companies. That, that's kind of what they're doing. I don't know why they'd have that, but sure. Um, I feel that I answered that correctly then. Close. Yeah, half a point, Alan. Yeah. You're on the point, yeah. okay? Yeah. All right, fine, Scorch, Scorch, me not punting. Georgek, <laughs> Ed three, Rob one, David and Alamon point five each. Tyrone has got to get the score. Come on, guys, get in there. Question six: Someone recently paid one hundred twenty thousand dollars for a thirty-six-year-old Honda. What? David. David. Sorry, how much did you say? One hundred twenty thousand. Thirty-six-year-old. That was the um, Prelude SI, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a Prelude SI. Well done, David. That was sold in in the United States of Freedom. For 120k, um, question. I think seven. the better question is why. Yeah, and and I was. I agree with that. I would agree with that. Not even foil steering. I was re- I was reading the, uh, the the news article when I was preparing preparing for uh, for the quiz, and it's like someone paid 120 thousand dollars for a for a you know second gen Prelude, and nobody seems to know why. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> it's it's quite it's quite funny. Um, question That's seven. Insane. Yeah, it is. Ford has hiked prices on the Ford and the current brand new Ranger. How many times in the past fourteen months? So how many times have they hiked up their prices? Ed. Ed. Three times. Incorrect. Scott. Scott. <clears throat> Six times. Incorrect. Alan. Uh four times. Four times is absolutely correct. They've hiked it four times in fourteen months. Ford, you're greedy. We don't so like if that. If you've ordered one, do you, does the pay rise the price rise get Handed on to you each time. Well, from what I remember, when I ordered my car, they, I asked that question if they, if the guys are they're like, no, nah, because you, you've 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 signed the contract at, at yeah. that price, you've locked it in at that price. So, um, okay. So yeah, I, I think that's. Uh, I mean, it could be different for Ranger. I don't know, but um, for for the car I ordered, that was that was how it was. But but some companies hike the price. I know with Kia and a few other companies have, have done that from memory. So, um, Toyota, I think Toyota's done it as well with, with the Rav Four. Yeah. Question eight. In 2012, so two, uh, 2012, a Chicago man bought a car for 600 bucks and registered it in his girlf- in his ex-girlfriend's name. He then parked it at the O'Hare airport and racked up 678 parking tickets. 
in US dollars. How much did these fines add up to? I'll give closest to. How, how many years has been parked? Uh, well, it didn't say how many years. It was kind of like a thing to get back at his ex-girlfriend. So he went and bought a $600 car to piss her off and then basically put it put it in her name and then uh, racked up 678, um, uh, you know, uh, fines. Um, so... How how much do you do you think in fines it equaled up to be? I'll give closer to. All right, I am going to take a punt and using yep. a bit of maths. Yep. I reckon it's going to be twenty three five. Twenty three point five cases, uh, Scotty Doe. How many fines was it? Six hundred and seventy eight. Six hundred seventy eight fines. And when was this? When was it? Twenty twelve. Okay, I'll go forty five hundred. Forty five hundred. Oh, no, 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 about the six. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, forty five thousand. Forty five cases, uh, Mr. David Prince. I'm gonna say thirty. Thirty cases, Tyrone. So you remember, you got to really hate your ex to do this. By the way, we don't condone this behavior. Um. Uh, so, well, um, Rob and Ed are still yet to. Put- I'm gonna go. A hundred thousand dollars. A hundred thousand dollars, says Mr. Bunting. Thirty five thousand, I reckon. 35 says Renault Rob and Alan Deep Singh, it's your boys in your court. Uh, well, considering parking the airport can already cost a thousand dollars, uh, you know, it's a pretty expensive place to park. I'm going to say 110,000 dollars. 110k. Alan, you were closest to it was a hundred and five thousand dollars seven hundred and sixty one. Hang on, I said a hundred. Alan said one ten. One hundred five is in the middle of oh, it. There was oh, okay. yes, it was a hundred and five seven six one. One hundred five thousand seven hundred sixty one dollars and eighty cents exactly is what the fines are racked up to be. That is an evil, evil way to get back at your ex. Um, it's also an evil airport, right? Wouldn't you just remove the car? Like in what world? Are you going to <laughs> expect somebody to pay over a hundred thousand dollars in parking? I wouldn't pay that. Like, I'd, be, I'd be like, no, yeah. I'm, like, I'm, I'm refusing to pay for this, even though you put, even though they put this car in my name. That's just like, screw you. I'm not paying that. Or we'll be like, I, I own this spot forever now. You know, like I can nobody else can park here. I park here when I come to the airport. <laughs> I'll just park at the airport just because, just because at this point. Um, you might not have known a where the car was or what sort of car it was. Was yeah, I don't know. I don't own an old Honda uh, Honda Accord. Well, <laughs> in your name, and it's been parked here for you know God knows how long. And you racked up six hundred seventy-eight fines. So yeah. Um, question nine: In what year did the first Honda Civic Type R get released? David. David. Well, some will do a bunting here. I'm going to say. Um, mm. Oh, 96 it was, wasn't it? 96 is incorrect. Oh, the Civic uh, type. Civic type of the first. Maybe one, I'm going to go one year. Up or down, up or down. Uh, 97. 97 is absolutely correct. <laughs> Thank you, David. I just had the 25th anniversary. The, the, they had it there, though, and they had the year on the car, 97. I was like, oh, okay, that's going to be a quiz question. Question 10. Just actually, By the way, this is actually getting, a, getting to become a tight game. Alan is on 2.5. Scotty and, and uh, Tyrone, you guys are well and truly out of this on no, zero. Alan's on three. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 um, David, 1.5. Rob on one, and Edward on three. So technically, Alan could take the chocolates here, or, or Ed could could still finish winning. Mm. Question You're a bonus point involved. What? Well, well, no, there's no there's no bonus point involved in, in this last question. 
Question 10. How many James Bond 2000 GTs were made for the film? Ed, David. Twice. Ed got in there first. Three. Incorrect. David. David. Two. They made two. That is absolutely correct, David. Uh, and that is your car quiz. Uh, score check. Scotty and, and uh, Tyrone yet to score. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Renault Rob on one. Hey, the lower school wins. Lower it's golf rules. Golf rules. David and Alum both on 2.5 apiece. And tonight's winner on a grand total of three is Mr. Edward Bunting. Well done. Three. That's how many James Bond cars they made. Three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Thank you very much. That is the car quiz, gentlemen. Good quiz, Scotty. Uh, we'll start with we'll start with you. Uh, golf tip of the week. Golf tip of the week. Um, try and keep your weight over the top of the ball. Don't go behind it and use them hips. Yep. So stay in that position. Use them hips to rotate and then hit. The famous words of Shakira: "My hips don't lie." So exactly mm-hmm. right. So, so, so they won't lie on the on on the on the golfing greens. Mister Edward Bunting and Mister David Prince, you guys do a podcast. We do. It's called Auto Retro, and we talk to people about the cars of their lives. New episodes coming to a podcast platform near you soon. Alan, check out our YouTube, I guess, or do I talk about resources? Sorry, it's been a while. Yeah, uh, if you're interested in, in the electric car space or would like to know the price of new cars these days, which are ever changing, as evidenced by Ford, uh, hit up our good friend Rizzy Voss um, on carloop.com.au. Also find him on Facebook. Just search for facebook.com forward slash carloopau. And uh, you can also find some of our previous episodes on our YouTube channel. It's slowly growing. Um, you know, be part of our early subscriber crew. Uh, we'll eventually have more video content than just our previous podcasts. And we're planning a uh, a challenge series, I think, in the future. So Absolutely. look forward to that. Next school holidays, I think, will be perfect. Uh, like and share Facebook pages, Car Talk, TORQ with Bunny J. If you missed any of our previous episodes, they're all up on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasting apps. So don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review to us there. Check it out, Merge, go to Teespring Store, go to teespring.com and type in Car Talk Store. You get a CTP 20 for 20% off discount uh, if you want 20% off any of our merch. So support the show there. Or support the show by becoming a patron um, uh, to our Patreon. Go to patreon.com forward slash car talk podcast. Support the show there. Hi to our patrons. You know who you are. Massive respect for, for being on the, on the patron wagon this long. Gentlemen, love your work. And I'll see you next time. Take it easy. Bye. See ya. See ya. Thank you.